Cartoons, the animated frontier. These are the voyages of the Cellcast podcast. It's continuing mission to explore strange new cartoons, to seek out new animation styles and new creative storytelling methods, to boldly go where so few ever go again. Another episode of the Cellcast. Joining me today is a man who was able to get on the boat because he pretended his name was Bob. Jacob. I'm Bob. <laughs> Why? Thank you. Let me introduce our co-host, a man who just happened to be working children's daycare on the boat when Wayne and Wendy showed up. With all their pups, um, I'm surprised. I'm sorry, you got me confused with uh, Doug. I was the uh, the fish man that was working in the uh, in, in the in the uh, dining room. Are you sure? Are you sure? <laughs> they all look alike, exactly. <laughs> or they're technically reverse mermen, but still, that is true. It's a little weird. Yeah, it's a little weird, but I, you know, I'll go with it. Yeah, I'll go are. with it. Uh, yeah, so we're going to be reviewing Hotel Transylvania 3, yes. Summer Vacation, here in just a bit. But first, Jacob, how are you doing today? Well, uh, I'm doing very well. Uh, from getting off work, from being a very frustrating, very rainy day, <laughs> uh, to getting home and doing a little prayer and eating, I got I was much better by the end of it. <laughs> uh, it has been a very interesting couple of days. Are let's see. By the way, for all of those who uh, are mothers out there, Happy Mother's Day! And I'm coming out to that way. Happy Mother's Day! Uh, happy belated Mother's Day! Happy belated Mother's Day uh, to all the mothers out there who listen to us and your mothers, the people who listen to us. Happy those mothers! Happy Mother's Day! Either way, uh, yeah, it was great. Uh, I went to go visit my my parents and my mother primarily because of Mother's Day. Uh, it was great. Be like, uh, did a little work. I think my little cousins wore me out like usual. Um, cause for some, for some weird reason, like whenever like my, my younger, uh, cousins are over and my parents, like they automatically look, Hey, let's play with Jacob. Well, so th- that you normally, are just a big kid. That, that is true. That is so true. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was a very long weekend. Uh, ended it with a Bible study. Um, and Monday was long because I I got home and watched two movies back to back, and I'll I will talk about those in a minute. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it has been a very it's been a it was a good weekend. It was it's turning into a fairly good week. How about you? Oh, my week was been pretty good. I went up Sunday and visited not just with my parents, but we went on up to uh, Winsboro and visited with some of the family up there. Oh. Uh, so yeah, I, that's why I wasn't a Bible study because at uh, seven seven to eight o'clock when y'all would have gotten started pretty mm-hmm. good, I was on my way back to Lindale. Mm. So yeah, I didn't get home till like nine thirty, mm. ten o'clock ish. I got gotcha. you. 
I know I beat you home, but that's not saying much from Bible study. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah, I had I had a pretty good weekend. That's good. To be honest. Um, choir was back in the uh, choir loft for, uh, for the first time. Not for the first time since COVID, because we were back up there at Easter. Right. And there was the Christmas show, but this was the first normal service, I would mm-hmm. say, that yeah. we were up there. So, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, I, I, got to, I got to see a little bit of it, like, on Monday. All right. It was really good. We won't be back up there again until the 30th, but... Ah, okay. And uh, I may have... I may be uh, well-practiced on a certain song by then. I gotcha. If you catch my meaning. Roger, Roger. Anyway. <laughs> uh... So yeah, um, I had a good weekend, uh, and it's been a, well, it rained so much today, it feels like I ought to be cruising. <laughs> yeah. For those of you uh, only who only listen to our show and don't ever catch us on the live stream, I am decked out in a Hawaiian shirt, sunglasses, and the card to get me back into the room on the cruise ship if right. it wasn't six year, uh, five years old. Right. Uh, hang on. Yeah. Five years old. No. Yes, it is five years old. I was, I was, like, I was looking at the date. But yeah, that, we got on that boat on 4.30, so we would have been back... Yeah, uh, five years ago straight. Right. So yeah, because we were supposed to be on a cruise this week... <laughs> But Darn due, you, to, COVID. due to COVID restrictions, even though I think the ship still sailed, we decided that may not have been sailing in conditions we would have preferred. Mm. So we decided we'd rather just, you know, do vacation differently this year for that than that. I gotcha. So, yeah, that's pretty much been how it is. Okay. So what have you been watching? What have I been watching? So... Uh, there was a, there's a, I picked up two movies actually. I picked up, uh, The Last Unicorn from Amazon, mm-hmm. uh, which I've watched numerous times over my childhood. Really enjoyed that movie. Uh, we will be reviewing that. It's, uh, some point, at some point in the near future. And also be like, oddly enough, the little Megatron's way I picked up during the weekend. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's another piece of my little toy collection I'm putting together. Uh, and Monday night, Monday night, I was sitting, I got home and this movie kept rolling in my head over and over again because I'd put it on the list for a movie we're going to review. I was like, okay, I need to go buy this movie. I need to go buy it. So, curious where you found it. Oh, easy. Walmart. <laughs> so I, dro- I drove to Walmart, went to the electronic department, knew exactly where it was, picked it up. Minus, it wasn't just the movie. It was the entire series, including the special. Hmm. And I'm referring to He-Man and the Masters of the Universe from 1984. And, or 1983 or what, whenever He-Man came out. Early 80s. Yeah, early 80s. Uh, cause I remember watching it as a kid, uh, really enjoying He-Man and the movie I'm referring to is He-Man and Shira, the secret of the sword. Uh, this is a movie that is basically a compilation of, I think three to four episodes of the first, uh, the first four episodes of the TV show, uh, Shira. 
Princess of Power. Uh, now, mind you, I just said Princess of Power, not, not Princess of Power. of Power. Yes. So this was long before the Netflix show, uh, obviously. But uh, I watched it. I've got a lot to say about this film. Uh, the last time I saw it was when I was a kid mm -hmm. that my baby brother, Daniel, was having eye surgery when he was five. So I would have been like eight years old. So we were staying at my grandmother's, my grandparents' place. And we rented two movies. One was He Managed She Wrote Secret of the Sword and The Transformers, the movie. All right. So, yeah, it was it was very interesting. Definitely you come you. Uh, when Daniel and my parents come back and Daniel can't see because he had eye surgery and that was, that was interesting. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's, that is the, what I have been watching. Okay. Yes. What have you been watching? Uh, I've watched a couple more episodes of Avatar, the last airbender. Yeah. I have, Watched a couple more episodes of Star Wars The Clone Wars. Ah. Because I need to get that finished, especially since Bad Batch started, and I want to watch Bad Batch. Mm. Yeah, oddly enough, oddly enough, I ran into a friend of mine uh, at work. He was coming in and grabbing some stuff, so we were talking about, he'd be like, have you watched this movie? Have you watched this movie? He's always wondering what movies I've watched. Right. And uh, he's be like, have you watched Bad Batch yet? And he's like, no, because I haven't gotten through Clone Wars yet. And he paused for a second. It's like, you really don't need to watch all of Clone Wars. I've you been, just need to do a little bit, of, little bit of the lore about it, and that's about it. I've been told that, but I also need to finish Clone Wars. And I'm within... I. 20, ep tw uh, 20 to 30 episodes. Mm. I can't remember exactly how many episodes are left, but... Yeah. Yeah, so... I, I, I need, I'm working on that. And uh, outside of a couple YouTube channels, it's about all I've watched. Playing-wise, I'm still working through Resident Evil 7. Okay. How's I'm that going? <laughs> Well, technically, I escaped the house. Okay. But my girlfriend, the, the girlfriend slash wife I c came there to save. Yeah. Is uh, still in the house. And she's pretty much infected by the same okay. thing that's infecting everybody else. So only way I can save her is to go get the serum and... Uh, Let's just say the other residents of the house don't exactly want me to go get it. Okay. Um, I will say the uh, fight against uh, it's the, uh, the father. I can't think of his that guy's mm -hmm. name, but yeah, the one down in the uh, dissection uh, room. Yeah, that was a fun fight. Okay. <laughs> So, yeah. So, I do have to say, be like... It's a very bloody game, by yeah, the way. Yeah, just a little bit, what I understand. Now, I'm very thankful you gave me context what you're talking about. Because when you start talking about girlfriend, I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. I, like, hold I, on, Drew has a girlfriend. Wait a minute, hold on. That's why What's I right? said Resident <laughs> Evil 7. Yes. My... I'm just ragging Let me right rephrase. Now. Ethan has escaped the house. <laughs> Ethan Winters. But his girlfriend slash wife is still in the house. Yes. 
His girlfriend. His girlfriend. Okay. There, there's, there's the. Just because the, it takes place in a fictional Louisiana parish, right? I think it's fictional. The location is obviously fictional. I just don't know if the. I assume the the place name is fictional too. Right. But yeah. Uh, so I've been playing that. Right. Uh, let's see. <laughs> what else have I done? Not much else. So yeah, I think that's. That's pretty much what I've been watching and playing. Okay. So, um, we're skipping the news this week, and we might be taking the news off. We're not sure yet. So, uh, if y'all have any uh, thoughts on that, please chat chat it up in either our Discord or on the Facebook page. Yeah, exactly. Underneath this episode, let us know if you want to... Uh, if, if, you, if, you're, if you want us to bring the news back or not. Yeah, we're just trying um, something new. Yeah. We're, we're, we're changing things up, shifting things around. Trying to streamline things a little bit. Trying to make this a better show. Yeah, exactly. Always trying to make it a better show. Anyway, um, so in that case, we all we have left is to jump into, well, first, actually. Okay. We need to talk about a short. Oh, yes, we do. About a puppy. Oh, gosh. Now, now, granted, let me let me spec- uh, let me emphasize this beforehand. I didn't know about this short, so at the end of the recording of last week's episode, yeah. Drew says, "Like, okay, we're doing whole church for you. Do you know about Tinkles? Tinkles? I'm like, what in the world is Tinkles? Okay, we're watching the short. We're watching the short. <laughs> so and- I brought I, I I brought it up on YouTube, and we watched it together." <laughs> And I die laughing. I absolutely die well, yes. laughing. So basically, the the if you've not seen it, yeah, the uh, the plot of it is is that Dennis wants a puppy mm-hmm. because he's what eight, seven or eight. I can't remember how old he is. Uh, he's like seven, I think. Seven or five. Yeah, I, I want to say he's like five or six. I don't yeah. remember how old. What what the cutoff age for the uh, fanging thing they were worried about in the last movie was and this is obviously less than a year from that yeah but um he wants a puppy because he's young he's a, he's a kid and wants a dog uh-huh mavis and jonathan well mavis says no jonathan backs her up Ask. i don't think jonathan cared no jonathan never honest. cares about anything <laughs> but dennis is a very smart boy and knows to go talk to papa drack mm-hmm. and papa drack Goes and gets him Happily a puppy behind Mavis's back, and this is not a typical puppy. a typical dog. This is a monster dog, of course. Oh my gosh! It is a giant. What is it? A pug? It's a pug. It's, it's a, a giant, little... a giant black pug. Yes. Who uh, apparently has a potty training problem. Yep. <laughs> Hence his name, Tinkles. Oh my gosh. Well, uh, Dennis goes off to school one day and leaves uh, Tinkles in the care of Drac. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And Drac's just trying to do all this stuff today, and Tinkles is just behind him the whole time. Now, you got to bear in mind, Tinkles is about seven feet tall and about three feet wide. Mm-hmm. This is a big dog. Yes. Well, at one point... After all the commotion of them trying to do everything and, you know, dog, standard dog comedy ensues. Mm-hmm. 
Drac is watching the front desk when <laughs> yes, the Bone this. family reunion mm. check gets ready to check in. Boom, 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 boom. I don't think I have to tell you what happened no, at that exactly. point. But it was all of the Tinkle's eyes go wide yes. as saucers and then attacks. Oh man, that was funny. <laughs> so yeah, just very, very quickly before we jump into uh, the actual Transylvania Hilda Transylvania movie. What is your thoughts on Puppy? Oh, Puppy. Oh my gosh, hysterical. Absolutely just bonkers beyond belief. And there, there's a part of me now watching the, uh, the third installment. I wish they would have kept with a lot of that, the, uh, the energy and drive of that movie because. Well, there's a reason. Yes. That, that turns out the way, but we will get to that. Yes, exactly. But overall, Bill, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. And uh, the three-pack Blu-ray we have up front actually does have uh, Puppy in it mm-hmm. with another. And the other short that I didn't know about, but mm-hmm. it's a 2D short because I think it's connected with the show. Okay. That apparently happened. Yeah, that's right. There is a show. Yeah, which I've not watched. So I don't know how good it is. Yeah. And they've since come out with a third one, third short to lead into the the fourth movie. Mm, okay. Which I have not watched yet either. So right. we'll have to decide how we're going to handle that later. Right. But uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed the short. It was funny. It was, it felt kind of like I was watching a kind of a Looney Tune short in a way. Agreed. Because the timing was about that spot on. Um, It works well within the universe. And yeah, I'm agreeing with you that I kind of wish that they had kept that energy. Mm-hmm. I can tell you why they didn't keep that energy. And okay. I think I can do that without really spoiling anything. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and do it now. Okay. Tinkles became very popular after the short came out. Of course. Tinkles was only supposed to be originally a short kind of a bit part in the movie. He wasn't supposed to actually, I think, get on the cruise ship. Mm-hmm. But he was so popular... After that, after that, uh, after that short came out, mm-hmm. that they found a way to get him on the cruise ship. Yes, and I think because the story was not originally written with Tinkles in mind, that's probably where your issue is. Uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. We will get there. So yeah. Uh, on that note, let's just go ahead and jump into our spoiler-free thoughts on Hotel Transylvania Three. Alrighty. I know it's your first viewing. Yes. It was my second viewing. I did see this one in theaters. Okay. I remember enjoying it, but coming out of it feeling this was not as good mm. as the previous ones. That's what I remembered. I gotcha. And on this viewing, I can tell you, in my opinion, it's not as good as the other two. Okay. Um, we'll get into a little bit more of why I think that is later. Uh, it's if you enjoy the first two, definitely give this one a watch because it is still within that vein and it is continuing the story. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of good jokes in here, but uh, you know this is just the. It's like a lot of trilogies. The third movie's not the best one. Mm-hmm. You get right down to it. So yeah, that's really my thoughts on this one. I got you. It's got a good story. It it's just a little bit weaker than the other two. Uh, what are your thoughts? Spoiler free wise. Yes. Uh, it was. Um, 
it was kind of a letdown. It was kind of a letdown for a film. Uh, it did have some bright moments here and there, primarily character moments, but the story story wise was very weak in a lot of spots. Um, it had it had some strong points, it had some very weak points. Um, it wasn't overall that entertaining to me. Mm-hmm. It 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 almost. Which I think we've discussed this before in the podcast that it it played down to its audience. It, it didn't it didn't play up to its audience. It played down to its audience. Yeah, and that's almost a disservice to its audience, which is children. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just the the conclusion to this movie was just kind of a meh. Yeah, it, it wasn't. There was no like. It, oh. I will go. I will go into my. I will go into my, my dislikes about this movie when we get there. But it's weaker. It's a. It's a weak. It's a weak film. Yeah. It's very. It's. I'm not gonna say it's a weak. Weak. Be like extremely weak film, but it's very weak. Hmm. Uh. So yeah. Well, I think that's gonna be uh, where we're gonna stop here, right before the bumpers. So join us on the other side, and we will get to spoiling this thing. All right. Ray, if we were wrong, okay. This podcast is a part of Christian Reek Central Network. Christian Reek Central Rock Wrong. Hey, Scoop, what are you doing, man? I don't know. I'm supposed to be reading an ad. All right, hold on. Give me, give me it. Okay. All right. This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at Christian Geek Central. There you can find a collection of blogs and podcasts working together to bring you some of the best content on the web for Christian geeks, such as The Untold Podcast. Engaging the culture's imagination, The Untold Podcast prevents free speculative fiction every month from a Christian worldview. The Untold Podcast aims to recapture the power of story and use the weirder genres to do it. Science fiction, fantasy, horror, and supernatural stories serve as metaphors for our lives. The distant star systems, the shining knights, the abominable yetis, and the ghosts remind us of our own struggles, triumphs, and losses. Each month features a new story and flash fiction presented in a unique and dynamic way. The producer and narrator of the podcast is Nathan James Norman, an author, pastor, and theologian living in northern Michigan. Do you like Star Wars? I don't just mean the original trilogy. Along with that, I mean the prequels, the sequels, the anthologies, the animated shows, and of course, (laughs) who doesn't like Baby Yoda? Well, if you've been in the fandom for any length of time, you know how toxic the fandom can get. And if you'd like to be able to discuss a galaxy far, far away in a much more positive light, might I suggest searching out The Outer Rim, a Facebook group dedicated to all Star Wars, and check out their YouTube channel, which you can easily find at Pop Americana which the podcast you're currently listening to is also a part of. To find that and more, check out the link in the description. The following is a spoiler-filled review for the movie Hotel Transylvania 3 Summer Vacation. Listener discretion is advised. Hotel Transylvania 3 Summer Vacation was written and directed by Gendy Tartakovsky, who uh, 
I think he's probably at this point most well known for Samurai Jack. Okay. But he also did uh, Dexter's Laboratory, which is the thing I initially knew him from. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was also written by Michael McCuller, who is writing the upcoming Shrek movie. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm. Getting into the cast, we've got Adam Sandler playing Dracula. In his final performance as Dracula, I might add. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, in The Waterboy, he was Bobby Boucher. Mm-hmm. Andy Samberg plays Johnny. And in the upcoming Chippendale Rescue Rangers movie, he's playing Dale. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Selena Gomez is playing Mavis, and she was Alex Russo in Wizards of Waverly Place. Mm -hmm. Kevin James is Frankenstein, and he's, of course, Paul Blart Mall Cop. Fran Drescher uh, was the voice of Eunice, and she was Pamela Finkelstein in uh, the Weird Al Yankovic movie, UHF. Okay. I don't think you've seen that one yet. No, I haven't. I want to torture you with that one. I don't know. You might like it. Anyway, we'll see. Uh, Steve Buscemi played Wayne. And in Reservoir Dogs, he was Mr. Pink. Uh, Molly Shannon was the voice of Wanda. And she played the character of Gale in Wet Hot American Summer. David Spade was the voice of Griffin. And he is Emperor Cusco in The Emperor's New Mm -hmm. Groove. Keegan-Michael Key played Murray, and mm-hmm. he was Ducky in Toy Story 4. Oh, okay. Jim Gaffigan, the comedian, was played Va- uh, Van Helsing. Mm-hmm. And in the upcoming movie Luca, he is playing a character named Lorenzo. Oh, okay. Interesting. Catherine Hahn plays Erica, and uh, she played Agatha Harkness uh-huh. in WandaVision. So I guess you could say she was Agatha all along. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Asher Blinkoff was the voice of Dennis. And in The Jungle Book, he played Young Wolf. Chris Parnell played Stan and the rest of the Fishmen uh, in the movie. And he was Mr. Gordon in 21 Jump Street. Hmm. Joe Jonas played the Kraken. Hmm. And uh, he... On the, the Jonas Brothers show on Disney Channel, he played Joe Lucas. Yeah. Chrissy Teigen was the voice of Crystal, and she played Haley Posey in The Mitchells versus the Machines. Huh. That was the uh, mother of the perfect family. Oh, okay, yeah. I had to look it up because I was curious. Okay. Mel Blazing Saddles Brooks is the voice of Vlad, <laughs> mm-hmm. and he played the uh, Yogurt... In Spaceballs, another movie I need to make you watch. I own it all legitimately. Uh, Aaron LaPlante was the voice of all the gremlins, and he plays a character named the Duke in uh, the game we were talking about earlier, Resident Evil Village. Right. Sadie Sadler was, of course, the voice of Winnie. Mm -hmm. And in Bedtime Stories, she played the sweetest medieval girl of all time. That is how she's credited. Really? Yeah. Huh. Joe White was the voice of both Tinkles and Bob. They're the same character. <laughs> and he was Jonathan in Tarzan. And Jamie Camille was the voice of the Chupacabra. And he played Don Carnage in 2018 DuckTales. I love the Chupacabra. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I couldn't leave him off. Exactly. 
And as if, in making up for the previous two movies not having any Kingdom Hearts connections at all, we have a ton of Kingdom Hearts connections on this one. And they're most of them are all additional voices. But anyway, starting off, we got Tara Strong playing mm. Frankenlady okay. in this movie. And she played Riku of the Gullwings in Kingdom Hearts. I have to be specific because there's two Rikus in the game. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, Robin Atkin Downs was additional voices here, and he played Luxord in Kingdom Hearts. Audrey Wasilski was additional voices here, and in the first Kingdom Hearts, she did the voice of Turk, you know, Tarzan's closest monkey friend that I think yeah. was originally voiced by, uh, uh, shoot, what's her name? Roseanne Barr? No, it wasn't. Was it Roseanne? The, the little monkey? Yeah, the annoying yeah. one. Yeah, that was Roseanne okay. Barr. So yeah, Roseanne. Uh, Kirk Thornton uh, was additional voices here, and he plays both Syax and Isa in Kingdom Hearts. Hmm. Carrie Walgreen was additional voices here and is the voice of uh, the grid in Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance, the uh, version from uh, Tron Legacy. Okay. Fred Tadaskior was additional voices here. And uh, he played both Kevin Flynn and Clue in Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance. Keith Silverstein was additional voices here and additional voices in Kingdom Hearts 3. Mm. And Michelle Ruff was additional voices in Hotel in this movie and in Kingdom Hearts 3. So. Oh, Josh says that was Rosie, Rosie O'Donnell, not Roseanne Oh, Barr. Rosie O'Donnell. Okay. That makes more sense. Mm. So, so uh, yeah. Yeah. What uh, That's what I've got for my stuff. What do you got in info and stuff? All right, so info and stuff. On IMDb, it has a 6.3 out of 10 on Rotten Tomatoes. Now, this is not surprising at all. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, it's, uh, it's you know official score is a 63. Mm-hmm. Its audience score is a 48. Mm. Mm. Kind of tells you where people were at with this film. All right, so production was Columbia Pictures, Sony Pictures Animation, and MC, and M, no, MRC. Uh, it was distributed by Sony Pictures. It was released. Uh, it was first released on June thirteenth, uh, two thousand eighteen, in the United States. Its box office, uh, starting with its estimated budget, was eighty million dollars. Uh, it's opening U.S. weekend was 44 uh, $44 million in a lot of change. Uh, its U.S. gross overall was $167.5 million. Its uh, worldwide gross overall was $528.5 million. Its home video release, uh, Summer Vacation, was released on DVD, Blu-ray, and 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray. Try saying that three times fast. <laughs> 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray. 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray. 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray. Hush. <laughs> <laughs> On October 9th, 2018, by uh, Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Its sequel, uh, starting back all the way in 2019, so, uh, Sony Pictures Animation announced the fourth film developed in its scheduled release of... It's and it was originally supposed to be released on December twenty second, 
or it is supposed to be scheduled on December 22nd, 2021, October, uh, October 20, October, 2019. Um, the original director said he was not going to direct in 2020. It was announced that it would be moved to August of 2021 in, in September, 2020. It was announced, uh, uh, it, I'm going to butcher these names. I apologize. Uh, Jennifer, uh, Klus, uh, Kluska and. So what I'm getting is a Gindy yes. Tartakovsky is not doing the fourth. Yeah, movie. no, no, no. He's I mean, like, he's, he's, that's been almost re- going to make it not worth it. Yeah. He's, he's being replaced. Although he has been involved with uh production and screenplay also, uh, as well as, uh, Selena Gomez reprising her role, her role as Mavis, mm-hmm. uh, is also serving as exclusive producer for the film on April 20th. Tw- in April 2021, the film officially uh, is, uh, it's the title was revealed as Hotel Transylvania Transformania. Okay. It is, the film is, is moved up again to July 23rd, 2021. On that same day, uh, Sony Pictures announced that Adam Sandler will not return as Dracula for the film and his, uh, his role will be replaced by Brian Hull. And that is all I have for info and stuff. You're, if you're wondering who Brian Hull is, uh, he is a man of multi talents. He is a, uh, I guess you would call him. He 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 can do imitations very well. Uh, go check him out on YouTube. He is very good. And so apparently they're getting him to do Drac for the next film. So with that, let's jump into the summary. Exactly. Back in 1897, Dracula and his friends travel in disguise on a train to Budapest. However, Dracula's arch-enemy, Professor Abraham Van Helsing, boards the train and unveils the monsters. The monsters escape by climbing through the roof, and Dracula pushes his friends off the train for their safety. Van Helsing becomes obsessed with destroying Dracula, but is constantly outsmarted by him. In the present day, following the second film, Dracula is running his hotel business smoothly with his daughter Mavis and son-in-law Johnny. Drac is depressed that he has remained single since his wife Martha's death, despite his attempts to meet someone. Misinterpreting this as stress from overwork, Mavis books a cruise so they can take a break and spend more time together as a family. Dracula, Johnny, Mavis, and Dennis and the hotel guests board a cruise ship called the Legacy. Dracula sees the ship's human captain, Erica, and immediately falls for her, something that he thought was impossible as he had already zinged before. Mm Mm-hmm. Erica goes to a private and secret room on the lower decks where she meets Abraham Van Helsing, secretly her great-grandfather. Van Helsing has almost entirely mechanized his body to avoid death and has a plan to eliminate all the monsters. On the cruise's arrival at the lost city of Atlantis, he will use an instrument of destruction in Atlantis' ruins. Van Helsing makes Erica promise to not assassinate Dracula beforehand, but she makes repeated unsuccessful attempts to do so anyway. Dracula's friends hear Erica complain about her inability to get him and misinterpret this as a sign of affection. Dracula nervously asks Erica out on a date and she accepts that she sees this as another opportunity to kill him. As they dine on a deserted island, Erica unexpectedly begins to fall in love with Drac after they learn about each other's pasts. Mavis discovers Dracula is interested in Erica and becomes suspicious of Erica's motives. The cruise ship reaches Atlantis, which has been converted into a casino. Dracula decides to tell Mavis the truth about Erica, but gets distracted seeing Erica enter an underground crypt. 
Drac follows her with Mavis not far behind and learns that Erica is after a family heirloom. With Dracula's help, she evades the booby traps around the object and escapes. Mavis arrives and confronts them and Dracula confesses that he zinged with Erica to Mavis' surprise and confusion. After Erica is told what a zing is, she rejects Dracula's romantic feelings, leaving Dracula dejected. A regretful Erica gives Van Helsing the object, the instrument of destruction, and he sets a trap for the monsters at a dance party. Noticing that Dracula is still depressed about Erica, Mavis takes advice from Johnny and tells her father to talk to Erica, admitting that she was afraid of him leaving her. Sorry, which allays Drax's fears. Van Helsing shows up and pushes away the DJ, and a saddened Erica is forced to reveal that she is his great-granddaughter. Van Helsing unveils the instrument of destruction, a case for a music note sheet, and plays a song that drives the friendly kraken living near the island to attack the monsters. Dracula tries to stop the kraken, but gets injured. Erica saves Dracula from the kraken and pleads with her great-grandfather to stop the destruction, confessing her love for Drac. This infuriates Van Helsing, and he attacks them both. To pacify the, the Kraken, Johnny opens up a portable DJ kit and plays positive songs, specifically Good Vibrations and Don't Worry Be Happy, to beat Van Helsing's song. Upon playing the Macarena, the Kraken is relaxed and happy for good. Van Helsing is unable to counter the song as everyone begins to dance, including the music sheet, which rips itself to pieces during the process. When Van Helsing also dances, he accidentally slips and falls, but Dracula saves him. Touched by the act of kindness, Van Helsing apologizes to the monsters and gives everyone a full refund for their crews before sending them back. Back at Hotel Transylvania, Dracula proposes to Erica, who stammers at the question before accepting. Getting into the trivia for this one. Mm-hmm. We got some good ones here. The Chupacabra mm-hmm. is a Mexican folk legend about a goat-sucking monster who is known to drink, well, I just said drink the blood of goats. This is why the bartender gives him a goat and a glass when he asks mm-hmm. for a drink. Yep. The scene where Johnny sees a gremlin on the wing of the airplane is a tribute to the Twilight Zone episode Nightmare at 20,000 Feet, which was played uh, the, uh, by William, William Shatner Thunder. in the original and John Lithgow in the remake. Really? Yeah. If you look closely during the Bermuda Triangle sequence, you may spot several actual famous boats that allegedly disappeared in the mysterious location. Mm. The Gremlins resemble the title monsters of Gremlins 1984 and Gremlins 2 The New Batch 1990. Mm-hmm. But their behavior on the plane also calls to mind, as it were, original Gremlins. Gremlins were once known to the Royal Air Force as mischievous imps who sabotage planes. Whenever something went wrong and no one knew why, a gremlin was blamed. During his time in the Royal Air Force, author Roald Dahl heard this myth and wrote a story about them making gremlins famous, or perhaps infamous, throughout the world. For whatever reason, where I got this trivia, didn't say what that story was called. Oh. Now, which war was that? Uh, world War II, okay. I think. Okay. But probably both. It would have to be World War II because that's when planes were primarily well, being used. Well, Although there was some plane- in World War One. Planes were reused in World War One, Right, but not to the extent. Exactly. It was in World War II. Mm-hmm. I assume it came up in both. Possibly. Uh, Gendy Tartakovsky did not want the fishmen to bend forward because fish can only bend sideways. So he asked animators to have the least amount of movement for them as possible. Sometimes in scenes, only their mouths and eyes move. Mm. Wanda, we f- see in this movie, 
is a mother of 70 children. Good night. And she had a litter between the second and third movies. That's a lot of pups. Mm-hmm. Abraham Van Helsing was in his 50s or 60s in Bram Stoker's Dracula, published in 1897, which would make him 170 to 190 years old here. Jim Gaffigan, who voices the mechanized Van Helsing, uh, he did so by imitating Lionel Barrymore's late career performances where he was confined to a wheelchair. Huh. Such as his performance in... uh, Christmas movie that wasn't actually a Christmas movie and then bombed that had Jimmy Stewart in it. I'm feeling stupid. It's a wonderful life. Oh yeah. Sorry. And uh, this last bit of trivia, I found the most hilarious considering recent events. Okay. Catherine Hahn, the voice of uh-huh. uh, Erica Van Helsing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. According to this, she has always wanted to play a villainous character. <laughs> Wish granted. Because <laughs> she's played two villainous characters. Along with Agatha Harkness mm-hmm. in WandaVision, she was also uh, Dr. Octopus in uh, Into Spider-Man the Spider-verse. Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. So yeah, she got her wish. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's the end of my trivia. Uh, since I've been talking a bit, why don't you start us? All What's right. your first like? Uh, my first like, you, you brought it up in the trivia is the fact that um, Wayne and Wanda are always constantly, the pups are around them the entire time, Mm -hmm. and they can't get a break. And so I I found it almost comically relieving when uh, they walk into the the baby center, or the kid's center, center, and uh, they're like, wait, you get to keep them all day? You have to keep them all day? Yes. Why? So that you and them can have the best trip possible. Wait, what? What? I don't, this doesn't make any sense to me. You're saying that we can leave our kids here uh-huh. for the entire trip. Well, actually, you do have to get them back at the end of the day. Close enough. Yeah, and they just go and nuts. Yeah. They go nuts. They have fun. And I thought that was very, very unique because it was like, okay. be like, Oh, but that's not the best part. Mm-hmm. The best part is after they've realized after after they stood outside without kids probably for the first time oh in yeah that was how many years while the, the daycare is disintegrating <laughs> behind them oh you see this wall of tornado of yes wolf pups that, is that in and of itself is hilarious <laughs> oh i agree it is hilarious and then of course later on we see them uh romping around the boat like two puppies to pups themselves we like yes. it's hysterical and maybe quite doing some well making puppy love we'll say that's, that's my that's, that's what okay I got that you. is what's insinuated i gotcha i gotcha but then they get uh accidentally get seen by erica and abraham oh and they get tricked and they get tricked <laughs> dragged all the way to the bottom thrown in a a uh a closet, essentially. Yes. And we don't see them ent- again until the very end of the movie. Oh man! Where they come back into the hotel and Murray, I think it's, I think it was Murray, asks them, uh, "Wayne, Wanda, where have y'all been this whole time?" Says, "Oh, we got you know tranked and thrown into a closet. It was very relaxing. We're thinking of t- uh, uh, doing it again this <laughs> summer." <laughs> I-, I think for them, be a comfort to be like, "Yeah, Yay, no pups." 
pretty much. <laughs> so yeah, that's to me is the funniest part of that entire sequence. I, I agree. Pro- probably the yeah, it's just it's just that whole idea that these two finally get on their own and they get tricked and stuffed into a closet and they find it the funnest part of the entire vacation. Mm-hmm. And all I gotta say, all in in that they reg- finally got rest. They finally got rest. And all I gotta say is that poor daycare center care <laughs> guy. Oh my gosh, what the heck did you get? Me like you see all he, this that, mound of pups. That boy needs hazard pay. Yes, agreed. And about three times hazard pay. Yes, because <laughs> I I have met large families, mm-hmm. but a couple. What are the, they? Are they werewolves or lichens? That's hard to tell. Okay, so technically he's based off the Wolfman. Yeah. I don't know if he was technically a werewolf or a lichen. I will say they do appear to be in wolf form primarily. They don't seem to have the transformation back and forth yeah. with the full moon sort of thing. That, that's, that was one of the questions I was you know, kind of so pondering. I'm, I don't know exactly which. I think that technically makes them a lichen, not a werewolf. Yeah, they're more like they're a wolf primarily. Or they have, they're a wolf, wolf-human hybrid, prim, uh, yeah. not, a, not a transformed thing. Yeah, not a Which, were, not a not a true werewolf. Yes. Either way, that's my number one. Okay, my number one is the opening montage of Van Helsing's losses. Oh gosh, the beginning of that of the movie when the I especially like the part near the beginning before uh, uh, Van Helsing even shows up when they're in the train saying this is quiet. This is the only way we can make it through here, and the little German boy. Notices oh, yeah. their monsters goes, uh, I'm f- really freaking out right now. He says, quiet, uh, you're a cat. He goes, ooh, I'm a, I'm a pretty kitty or something oh, like that. Oh, my gosh. And then when Van Helsing comes in and reveals the monsters, he does the whole cat jump in the air with the arched back thing. Yeah. <laughs> that, that in and of itself was funny. <laughs> but that whole concept of, okay, yeah, we're introducing this villain from mm-hmm. Dracula's past. And it is in a lot of the... It's one of the few times that Van Helsing is seen as a villain instead of the hero. Right. But he is Dracula's adversary from pretty much... Well, from the from the original book. Yeah. Uh, so, it's yeah. Role, it's role reversal. It's very much role reversal. So, I, I like how Dracula keeps... How, no matter what, Dracula keeps beating him. And Jim Gaffigan's performance as... Uh, Van Helsing, mm-hmm. I think, was a touch of genius because at first you don't even realize it's him. Yeah. Much like you don't realize Adam Sandler's Dracula until you've heard it a bunch of times. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, I thought he did a very good job here and I, I, I loved, and honestly, I do still think the uh, all, all that, that that montage at the beginning of the film is really where he shines. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, the opening montage of Van Helsing continuing to lose over and, and over and, and over, over again. again. Is my number one. What's your number two? My number two would actually be Dennis and uh, Winnie. uh, Winnie. Uh, And Bob. And and Bob, of course. Uh, Because there again, be like you you watch the short puppy and you're introduced to uh, the the dog. Tinkles, the dog. And uh, I found uh, when I first realized, oh, no, they're bringing the dog on the ship. This Mm -hmm. is not a good idea. And of of course, it's Dennis and Wendy's uh, Winnie's idea. And uh, I just, I like the, the the character dynamic of these two little kids 
who are probably the like the best characters in this movie I, they, to me. Some of the best characters in the franchise, I agree, in my opinion. I would agree with you on that. Uh, the the fact that Tinkles or Bob uh, is like rooting out the problem of what's going on. Yeah. And no one else is paying attention except for the kids. But at the same time, everybody else is completely... Does not realize that this is Tinkles. No, for for they some reason, like oh, even, even a, Mabel, a, like Mabel didn't think it. There's a giant dog in a trench coat. coat. He's obviously a, just another monster on the trip. Yeah, yeah, and that Tinkles can talk. <laughs> That's a funny thing. That, that, that was, it was, you, it was you, a the, funny gag. The first time he does, and he goes, "Hi, Bob." <laughs> okay, Got, yeah, throws you for a loop. But mm-hmm. it's 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 that interesting trio of. Uh, Tinkles, Bob, and then uh, Winnie. Win- yeah, Winnie, and just they're like it's 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 so unique. And to me, it was probably my favorite characters of the movie. And uh, they're they're the ones like discovering what's going on behind the scenes. And uh, ever since they're kids, and they really don't be like just they're they're our gateway into understanding what's going on. But um, I re- I really like the dynamic and definitely how. Uh, Winnie at the very end is trying to get uh, Dennis to look at her. Mm-hmm. It's like, look at me, look at me. I'm not gonna sing with you. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, especially when you consider that universe where all two monsters have to do is look at each other, and there's a chance they could f- instantly fall in love with each other. And you're a five year, five to six year old boy who is just now coming to the realization that girls are different. Yeah. And you're not sure if you like it or not, you know? Yeah. So you were both at that point. Yeah, exactly. At some point. Yeah. I was like, so oh, okay. That's I can understand what's minute. going on. It's like, Oh, I, can't we just be friends? I don't want to sing with you. I don't want to marry you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's very interesting. And also the idea that, uh, zing, cause I mean like zing has been a thing throughout the series, the yeah. series. And, uh, the, the fact that like, uh, with Drac and, um, What's her name? Emily? Erica? Erica. I was close. Uh, apparently, a, a monster and a human can zing. Just, well, like, in the, just that. like in the first one. So we already know that. because so we know that. Jonathan, well, Mavis zinged. And I couldn't remember if Jonathan actually had the purple zing effect in his eyes. I, I don't remember because it's been a while since I've watched the yeah. movie. Yeah. Uh, because I have a question dealing with that later on. Yeah. But either way, yeah, that's my number two. Is the two little kids and the big massive mm-hmm. dog. You. What's your number two? Erica is my number two like. Okay, then. Now, here's the thing. They claim Erica is the captain of the ship. Right. A, I think they're wrong. She's the cruise director. There's an entirely different that job. That is true. She is a cruise That's director. a very much entirely yeah, different job. Yeah, that is true. One of those fishmen is the captain of the legacy, let's be honest. That's true. And they also, during during the movie, they'd be like, you know, Captain so-and-so, come to the bridge, please. Yes. And Ariel's obviously, she's the uh, director. She's obviously supposed to be the cruise director, which would exp- which is enough of a reason as to how she can get all around the ship without being noticed. Because... You know, she's pretty much in charge without being yeah. the captain of the ship. But I like the idea of, you know, it's been, what, uh, at least 116 years, because that's what, that's the what, that's the birthday Mavis was on when mm-hmm. she was uh, in the first movie. Yeah. So it's been a hun- over 116 years since Drac lost his wife. Mm-hmm. And he's just now getting to the point where he, uh, 
know, before he really couldn't date because he was having to raise Mavis and mm-hmm. running the, the the hotel. Yeah. Now uh, he's to a point where he can. And of course, they do the fun, the the Romeo and Juliet esque thing of, oh, your uh, the new love of your life is the is the great granddaughter of your worst nemesis. Yeah, your sworn enemy. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, okay, I kind of like this concept because it's interesting drama, and I like how she initially hates him mm-hmm. at first, but. While the relation, while uh, what Drac was doing didn't change, she began to see the things she hated about him more endearing. So obviously, yeah. she had strong feelings uh-huh. from the start, but it had to morph by the end of the movie. Uh, so I, I, I liked the this that concept. Now, admittedly, I don't think as much as I like Catherine Hahn, mm-hmm. I don't think their writing gave her much to do here. Because for the most part, she's a two-dimensional character with a twist. That is true. Which is an unfortunate thing. But the concept that they went with her and the fact that they do still at least give her character growth, which you know as recently has been the thing that annoys me more is when there's not character growth. True. Uh, well, there is actually character growth for the character. I kind of have to like her. I mean, it gives me hope that maybe in the new one there will be even more character development Mm -hmm. so yeah i'm going with erica van helsing being uh my number two what's your my number three three. chupacabra anybody (laughs) when when this character popped up i was like what in the world is this little blue character it kind of looks like a cat kind of like a dog and it's like Oh, the, I can't remember what he asked for, but like, you know, the, the, the camera. It's like, oh, sure, Mr. Chupacabra. Oh my gosh, he's Chupacabra. It pops up. And then <laughs> this goat. Giant goat. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, this is hilarious. It's a quick visual gag. Oh, yeah. And, and he's only like, in like two scenes. Two, three scenes. Yeah, That's it. But he's like, you know what? I kind of like it. He's here. And they break, they, and they don't, and, they, and he's still here throughout the entire movie. Yeah. So, yeah. I thought it was just hilarious when I first I I cracked up. I was like, "Oh my gosh, that is hilarious!" Like you you brought in the chupacabra, which uh-huh. is like it's just this really cool uh, myth down in Mexico, and uh, just just made it this very funny little character who just has a, a glass of goat. <laughs> yeah. like, that's hilarious. So yeah, my number three is the chupacabra. Well, building off of your number three. My third like is all of the quick gags. Yeah, throughout okay. the movie. Okay, so you've got the one you just described with the chupacabra mm-hmm. ordering a drink, and they give him a goat. You get the fishmen, which are obviously reverse mermaids or mermen. I don't think we ever heard a female version. No, I think we uh, saw one. I think. You get you get the fact that everything the gremlins say on the airplane out to the Bermuda Triangle. Mm-hmm. Is the opposite of what you want to hear if you're on a plane. Yes, absolutely. And the fact that it's gremlins running a plane. That's that's funny and a really strange sense. Agreed. Um you get Blobby's uh son and dog mm-hmm. being born on ship. Yeah, it's a little weird. Yeah, it's a little weird, but it's like but the thing is it's uh, the standoff between Blobby's dog and uh, 
Tinkles? Tinkles near the end, I thought was funny. That was kind of funny, yeah. Um, nearly every monster from the previous two movies mm-hmm. that is in, that's been in the films shows up in he- here, because let's face it, you need a full uh, ship full of monsters, so it makes sense that uh, you'd reuse a lot of these assets from a production standpoint. I have mm. an issue with that from a design standpoint but we'll get to that in a minute okay um everything like the uh the sequence there where she's chasing them in the uh the uh the fish sub there at the underwater volcano reminded me a lot of team rocket agreed (laughs) completely agree with that uh definitely the point of ejecting out yes yes um, and those antics that went on there, I, mm-hmm. I love the the quick little visual gag of when they're when all of Drax's family is in the scuba gear mm-hmm. and they all timed exactly to walk strange to walk strangely, like you feel like you're walking when you're in that kind of stuff, right? And it's like, okay, that's funny to watch. And of course, all the little gags down there at, in the in the bottom of the ocean. There's just so many quick visual gags that are blink and you'll miss it. Yeah. And I appreciate that they're all here, even if sometimes I think we focus a little too much on them. Yeah, a little bit. And not enough on the story, but, uh, uh yeah, it's just, I, uh, I, I appreciate them all being in here. Cause when they work, they weren't great. Agreed. I wish they could have left the magician and his assistant off the boat, but Hey, what are you going to do? Mm. Cause those are just the most disturbing ones in 3d to me. Hmm. But anyway, that brings us to the end of our likes. Yes. What is your first dislike? My first dislike was the the design of the Hellsings. Like just like how like I understand it's it's more they're they're going very like extremely just awkward and weird mm-hmm. with how how they designed it, but it was just like how they designed Doctor uh, Doctor Van Helsing. It's so I was like, okay, I, I get your the the aesthetics of where you're okay. going. It's are, just are so, we talking about Van Helsing at the beginning or the completely roboticized form? Both. Okay, <laughs> I just wanted to verify. Yeah, just, like his design is so weird, it's so odd. Like. I understand be like, oh, it's steampunk. Oh, it's electronic. Uh, like everything does steampunk. Like this is based in two. Th- like this was released in 2018. You think you would have like more modern updates? You think? But either way, well, he's been busy getting the uh, legacy going. That is true. That is true. Uh, also, of like, and Eric- plus, people sometimes like older aesthetics and don't like learning the newfangled technology. That is true. That is very common of much older people. Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, Erica's design was kind of it threw me for the biggest loop. It's like she has this big round, like like all the characters have bare round chins, and then she has this little, I don't know how to describe it, a little ball in the her chin it drove me nuts i was like what in the world is this i, I understand being like, See, oh, I, I could have seen how close her eyes together were would have driven you nuts too. oh yeah you thinking about it now yeah it drove yeah. me nuts it was like oh like her design was so weird it was like like i understand be like this is how you you're designing characters but make it a little more one of the other things you have to remember right is that all of the original hotel transylvania characters were 
kind of sort of designed before Gendy Tartakovsky got involved. Right. So a lot of their design work was done without his involvement. Agreed. Erica, on the other hand, along with uh, 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 Van Helsing himself, yeah, very much in his art style. I would agree. Very with much in his art style. I can easily see those characters showing up in a Dexter's Laboratory episode. I would agree. I agree with you there. But they should have stuck with the original, like how they designed, you know, the, the original series because they just stick like a sore thumb, and it's so they're awkward. Too smooth. Yeah, they're too smooth. Too smooth. The the it's their characters don't really fit in the same mold, the same pattern, and it just it drove me nuts. I'm like, what mm-hmm. in the world is going on here? Now it's understanding, like you know, who, who the director is because I didn't know who this guy was. I never watched any of these shows. Um, I think I watched like like one or two episodes of Dexter's Lab and okay other stuff, but but now you know recalling back and like, okay, it makes sense why yeah. the character is designed like this, but it doesn't fit for these films, and it just drove me nuts. Like every new character had these these uh these very unique uh unique design choices that really didn't fit it with the aesthetic that doesn't really even work in this 3d yeah if we're being honest that's the thing the other version of these of obviously 2d designed characters that were done in 3d yeah that i can think of of his designs is clone wars because Gendy Tartakovsky did the uh, Star Wars Clone Wars miniseries. Okay. That aired long before the, car- the, the, the Dave Filoni series was created. Yeah. And uh, they based all the character designs off of, for Star Wars Clone Wars off of the Gendy Tartakovsky designs in Clone Wars. True. And those work better. Agreed. They do. I don't know if it's because... There was some slight modifications to make it look a little more Star Warsy while still keeping the general design. Maybe mm-hmm. the fact that those the Clone Wars stuff doesn't have as much squash and stretch that uh, these films have because these films agreed. are much more cartoony. Yeah, agreed. Uh, but the thing is, I think they're cartoony to their detriment. Okay. Because and, and I'm going to kind of move this into my first dislike, if that's all right, because the first two movies. Were very story focused. Okay. Yes, you had yeah. gags, and that's what made the stories funny. But there was—I hate to use the term stakes, considering we're talking about vampires. <laughs> but I mean, there was there was stuff that was going. There was if stuff did not go the way it was, it needed to go in order for the for the characters to succeed. Things were going to go downhill in those two movies. Now in this movie. Yeah, things can go downhill. The end of Monster Kind is pretty bad. Yeah. But it doesn't feel like that was the focus of most of the movie. Agreed. That only came about as it's like, okay, now we've, we we get everyone on the boat, and then we're going to take the boat to Atlantis, and then we're going to get these people into a casino, and we're going to have a dance party and somehow, and uh, we're gonna cause the the Kraken to uh, take over uh, to kill everybody. Yeah, destroy them all. There is no concept that's the Kraken is even in any possibility the the bad guy 
Agreed. There's no... In every other movie, you know from the beginning what's at stake. Yeah. If Johnny... In in Hotel Transylvania, if Johnny is not able to convince Dracula that humans are not evil and that there are many that are worth good, he's not going to be able to, uh, to, to marry Mavis... And she's going to get stuck in that hotel for the rest of her immortal life. Immortal life. Okay, there's stakes there. Hotel Transylvania 2. Mavis is so worried about Dennis not being not fitting in around Monster Kind that she is contemplating moving to California. Mm-hmm. And it's up to both. Jo- and Johnny and Drac are doing their best to make sure that not only will. Uh, they not have to separate the family, mm-hmm. but that they're also going to find a way to make what would assume to be the racist grandpa, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. have him turn over a new leaf. There are stakes in those movies. Yeah. And what's the stake in this movie? Our vacation will be ruined by our deaths. Yeah, pretty <laughs> That's much. That's the stake. It's like, oh yeah, he wants to fall in love. Well, we introduce the love interest and oh, it's the villain, except you never really hate her as as a person. So no, she's not you much don't. Of a villain. No, there's no, there's a redemption arc for her, but at the same time, you don't really feel she needs a redemption arc. Yeah. And her, and Van Helsing himself is so inept throughout the entire movie. Uh huh. He doesn't feel like a good villain. So, and, and that's the thing. Your heroes are only as good as their villains. And yeah, agreed. The, the villains and, in this movie yeah. are, Granted, granted, if the other previous two movies were as shallow as Mm -hmm. this one is, I'd care less because it was following the motif. Right. But this movie is so much more shallow. Mm -hmm. And I don't just mean because it ends with everybody doing the Macarena. The stupidest dance from the 90s. Oh my gosh. (laughs) But, or or the fact that it's, uh, that's the thing. You're gonna have a when we watched Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah, and the the that they they joke about oh we're gonna have a dance party to finish off the for the climax of the fight, right? Yeah. So we're thinking, okay, that would be a cool thing to see. So we actually get they actually do it here, and you're looking at it and going, you know, y'all could just do something besides hitting the buttons on the DJ booths. Mm-hmm. You could have some effects. Have you seen Scott Pilgrim? Yeah. <laughs> You want to see some good effects with a DJ booth? Do that, not just oh, Kraken's evil, Kraken's good, Kraken's evil, Kraken's good. Yeah, it's just kind of it's boring. It's it's a boring climax, anticlimactic, it, and it doesn't help when you see all the monsters, including Tinkles, doing the Macarena. It's like okay, granted, this show came out. If this movie had come out in the late nineties, this would be hilarious and hysterical. Oh, yeah. Yes. This is 2018. True. The Macarena is so corny at this point. Yeah. No one's going to find it funny. Or, or only maybe you, kids will find it funny, but... Adults are more like, what? It's adults like, are okay. going to go, what What are you talking about? The kids aren't even going to know what the dance is. Yeah, exactly. And our kids are really going to try to do the Macarena? Probably. <laughs> but at the same time, it's sh- like... You know what would have been better? Okay. Gangnam Style. That yeah, I would agree. Because even though it's uh, it's an annoying song, no matter what you say, uh, that would have been a more more appropriate. It would uh, it would have uh, 
the dance would have been just as uh, easily noticed. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if the reason they couldn't do it was some kind of strange licensing agreement. Possibly. Because, but that's what it felt like it should be going. And that would have been a much more, that would have been a better song to use as a climax instead of, oh, we got to play happy songs. Mm-hmm. We got to play I, positive vibes, man. I want a fight. You're yeah, setting exactly. up a fight and you didn't fight. Yeah. That's my number one dislike is the movie is shallow and pulls its punches. Agreed. What's your second like? Fo- following yours up and it's, it's, you know, very poignant. It has a weak story. Oh yes. Extremely weak story. Uh, like, like you said before, be like you had stakes. You had a, 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 a uh, the crescent crescent of the film, you know, dependent on this happening. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to this film. There's literally, oh, we're going it's, on a vacation. We could have done this in the hotel. Yeah. And it's like the, the there are interesting points throughout the story, but there's no like building up story to this except for like Drac now has a girlfriend and his girlfriend happens to be uh related to his arch rival, which Ooh. is which really isn't an arch rival at all. It's just a very well, boring, bland story. If that has no building has no Nothing to hook you in. Yeah. Because none of the characters feel like they're almost all the new characters in this, no matter how well performed they are. Right. Are two dimensional. Yeah, exactly. And all the other characters, the only reason they have dimension is because of the previous two movies. Exactly. Now, Grant, I know Gendy Tartakovsky wrote this. Mm hmm. I can feel some of the weakness of his comedic writing from his Dexter's Laboratory days in this. Mm. Because I, because it's servicing the joke more than is the story. He, he's, yeah, I, I agree with he you. He was that. very, Gendy Tartakovsky was very good at doing 15 minute shorts. Yeah. It feels like this was a 15 minute short that got a series of 15 minute shorts that they tried to staple together with a central hook, and the hook is not good. Yeah, it's, it's a very weak hook. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it's just like the the story is very weak. It like like you just said, it looks feels like a bunch of little segments here and there just kind of spliced together to make a film. And it's not it's the 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 conclusion of this film, the uh, the climax if you will is very anticlimactic. Mm-hmm. It's very boring, very bland. Uh the and, they'd be and like before you, you, Francisco jumps in here and says, Oh, you mean like Monty Python in the Holy Grail? That's not what I mean. No. <laughs> and I think you'll understand what I mean is the point of Monty Python is yeah, there is a story that is designed to tell jokes. So if there was any all the other Monty Python films are skits, essentially. Yeah. Skits stitched together. So it's that's part of the 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 motif of yeah. their movies. Hotel Transylvania had two other good movies. Yeah. And then they did this one where it feels stitched together. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah. Like after, after watching this film with the fourth one coming out with all the replacements and Mm -hmm. like, I'm actually worried. Yeah, exactly. Like, is, is it, is it going to be worse than this one or is it going to somehow climb itself? Like you already tell, we don't really like this film so much. Um, so is the, is the fourth film be able to climb out of the, out of the, uh, out of, uh, out of Atlantis yes. to, to make itself a better film than its predecessor with a name like transform mania. Yeah. I'm afraid they are trying to reinvent the, uh, 
the brand. Yeah, I think so. To make it more profitable. Probably yeah. make it more, uh, pardon the phrase, minions-like. Very true. And that worries me because I know that stuff sells even though it's not it's not as story-driven. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I don't, especially since you're taking, you're changing out a lot of the cast. Yeah. At least, at least the core of the cast because you're losing Adam Sandler's Drac. And honestly, I'm sure Brian Hull's a good actor and he can do a good job, but it's there will be a difference in the voice, mm-hmm. and it's gonna and there'll be a difference in the timing and in the acting. Oh yeah, and I'm a that's what I'm a, that's what I'm afraid of. Is it's not gonna have the same pop mm-hmm. as uh, the first two movies, and if it comes to the point where the first two movies are the good ones and that's the only ones I'll ever watch again, fair enough. So be it. It happens, but yeah. Um, so yeah, that that is my number two of my dislikes. What is your number three? Vlad does not need to be in this movie. I agree. He doesn't need to be in this. He film. doesn't need to he be. He doesn't he's, do anything in this film. He's got. He's there for a couple jokes. Yeah. That granted, maybe that's all Mel Brooks had time to do. Fair enough. Yeah. Except one of those jokes, Mel Brooks doesn't even talk. It is, he says ladies. I think that's all he says in that scene. Yeah. And that scene gives me nightmares. Oh, gosh. Because of. Bleach, please. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, ancient man body. Mm. Look, I'm. I know I'm not a good sight to look at. (laughs) Okay. But I know modesty. Yeah, yeah. And just Vlad a needs some modesty. Yeah, and the, uh, the, the okay. He doesn't. Sh- uh, let me phrase. He does not. This is a kids' movie. Still, yeah. they don't show anything that it'd be that would get the uh, uh, right. You know, they give it a worse rating. Right. It, the whole thing is played for comedy, but you're looking at it and going, uh, no, I don't want this. I don't want to see this. Yeah. This isn't funny to me. It's an old man acting sexy for a bunch of witches. Yeah, it's just, the this what, is not funny. No, and like the the whole point of like the witches be like there's one point they're they're like he sprawled out like a cat. Yeah. <laughs> and all the witches they're just looking down at a certain area in his body and just like that doesn't feel comfortable at yeah. all. <laughs> it's like really? Or or he's flipped over or whatever. I'm like can we not have I, this scene in here? This is a kid's movie for crying out loud. Vlad did not need to be in this movie. No. At he's, all. He could, they could have cut his character. Nothing would change. And those gags would are not as good as the visual gags I was referring to earlier. These yeah. are the gags I, I want gone. Yes. More than you understand. <laughs> so yeah, Vlad is my second dislike. I gotcha. Totally. It was much better. I felt better about him in the, in Hotel Transylvania 2 than I did to him here. Yeah. At least he had a point in this that movie. Yes. This movie, he's literally just there. Yeah. And just to make some goofy little gag joke. That's, a, that's all like, that he does. It's he, like, he, hey, he has no contributing part to the story. And the thing is, he could have. Yeah. Because think about it. The Van Helsings have been fighting Drax's family for years, for, for centuries. Yeah. Some of them would have faced, uh, I can't remember. Oh, could, uh, some of them would have faced Vlad. Yeah. Vlad should have a stake, pardon the phrase. Yeah. In, uh, 
in in, in uh, they should want to kill Vlad as much as they want to kill Dracula. Exactly. And they don't. It's like you have two enemies. Go after both. Heck, I don't know. Uh, hold Vlad hostage. That would be funny. Yeah, something. But they don't. But Vlad's in the movie for like absolutely no reason. Yeah, no story. There's no story wise anyway. No, he's just there for a couple jokes and have you remember? Oh yeah, Mel Brooks. We got him back in this movie. Ha ha ha. Yeah. It's like Mel Brooks should feel ashamed for being in this movie <laughs> because he didn't do anything. His no, jokes. He didn't. His jokes weren't even funny. No, they weren't. Anyway. All right. What's your all right third dislike? Uh, the terrible conclusion to this film. <laughs> Oh my gosh the 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 final the final battle between uh, the the Helsings and the monsters comes down to a DJ party. Okay, so here's I'm the, like seriously. <laughs> here's the thing: a battle of the bands thing can be done well if it's if they actually try. Yeah, exactly. That's essentially the ending they're going for. But like you said, like you said earlier, nothing really happens. No, what you get is. Dracula hitting a button and Van Helsing's robot body kind of sort of playing on the keys, not actually touching any of the keys that actually would make the notes he's doing, but yeah. that's besides the point. I admit Pixar spoiled me, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, I'm listening to this and going, uh, this is the most dull battle of the bands thing I've ever seen. I don't actually care who wins. Because mm-hmm. I know who's going to win. There's yeah. no doubt in my mind when it starts who's going yeah, there, to win. Yeah, there, there's there's no real threat. Yeah. really. It's I mean like they they build up to this idea that uh, uh, Doctor Helsing is be like he has found the ultimate weapon in order to destroy the monsters once and for all, and we're getting this big build up to it, and it's a song sheet that plays. Uh, techno techno music ancient atlantean techno yeah exactly like okay this is so like when when as like when he when he pulls that out and he pulls a scroll out i'm thinking okay it's some some incantation that is going to cause all the monsters to just like live away and they have to figure some way to bring it back but no no, it's a freaking dance off no here's here's what is what's going to kill you more than anything else okay we have seen a movie we've seen we are near in our recording an episode of a tv show in which a song oh yes brings about destruction and death Uh and so many other things and you could have done something like this where maybe uh what would have been cooler he plays this song, probably not techno. Please, let's get away from techno. Yeah. Ancient Atlantean techno. That doesn't really work in for what I'm doing. But have it be where all of a sudden the monsters are attacking each other. Yeah, exactly. Made something, something a little more. That would make more sense. It's like, oh, we got to stop everyone from killing each other because they're being driven insane by this music. No, the only thing that's being driven insane is the Kraken. And I'm sorry. Joe Jonas is not that scary. I would agree even with you. in Kraken form. Oh my gosh, that, just, that drove me. Cra- I was like, oh my gosh, you have this amazing Kraken character, and yeah, sure, he breaks Atlantis up like crazy, and they made Atlantis a casino. I can see um, this actually. I, yeah, I know I, the joke here. I I agree with you, but 
at the same time, it was like, really? Dude, I, I've been to a town in South Dakota where like, uh, I can't remember who died there. It wasn't Billy the Kid, but you know, one of those outlaws, big mm. historical town. Got all these historical buildings. You know what's in those historical buildings? Primarily? What? It's not museums like we would want. Yeah. There's nothing, not, nothing. There might be stuff you could learn if you looked at the walls. But from what I saw, it was slot machines because they converted it into a casino because that made them more money. That is so true. So, so, so I can see why Van, uh, they would convert this into a casino. That would make sense. My bigger issue is, was this casino here before Van Helsing started his plan? Even if he owns the casino and right. the lost city of Atlantis and all this, you are destroying a major, not only a major historical landmark, yeah, if it was ever found, yeah, you're also destroying, who knows... How many of expensive electronic machines and a ton of money and you're letting it all get destroyed just for your petty revenge against Dracula that you could have done in a way that actually was more better to handle? Exactly. Both from a from your point of view and from a storyline point of view? Mm-hmm. All, all, all I can say is, to, to quote a song that he had just mentioned, Wither and Decay. In this destiny, break these earthly chains and set the spirit free. All all I got to say, only only, that's what was happening. Only I cannot wait for that. Those two episodes, guys, you do not understand. I know we're behind on releasing. Yes. uh, That trust me when we get when you this is going to be worth it. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Uh, right now, uh, as as to kind of give you guys in, it's uh, we're at the very end of season one, or close to the very end. Yeah, we got like four episodes still to release. I know I've been saying that a couple of weeks, but I've been busy. Yeah, we we're, we're always busy. But uh, the what we're referring to, we're currently we're, reviewing. Recording wise, we're halfway through season two, and we are to the episodes that essentially convinced me this was a show worth doing. <laughs> Rapunzel and the Dark Tree. Yes. Good. That would have episodes. been done so that something like that, and I've not even seen the episodes yet. I'm just imagining <sighs> that those two episodes dealing with a music that's going to cause everything to go bat poop crazy are going to be so much better than what we just saw. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. This is this was a train wreck of an end of a movie. Mm-hmm. And the fact to be like Johnny, I've never really liked Johnny as a character, but he like kind of like uh grandpa like um uh, like uh Vlad. Dracula be like in this movie. He does nothing throughout the entire film except be like, oh I'm a DJ and I do bar fitness or something like that. I'm like they, they could have done something with Johnny and Mav- uh, Mavis Mavis uh relationship or something like that. The but, only thing they did was tell show what was actually in his backpack all this time, and it was stupid. Yeah, exactly. And plus, like the 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 little uh, amplifiers that he uses, you're not getting that kind of sound at anything. Blowing out in two seconds. Yeah, I'm just like, this makes no sense. It's so stupid. And I mean, like, and then it throws into 
Because you think, okay, here's the movie. Or you think they're going to throw it an in credit thing where um, uh, Drac and uh, I'm forgetting her name again. Erica. Erica. Erica, you know, uh, like, oh, we got married or something like that. No, they keep going with it. I'm like, put your movie to an end. Well, I mean, they do at least do the engagement thing, which, yeah, okay, I can see for that for the yeah. end of the movie. Yeah. And, of course, it goes into the uh, the 2D animated credits like all the other ones did. Right. Except these, I think, made less sense than the last one. Agreed. But, um, yeah. my I'm just going to go do my third go slide. Go it. Mr. Tinkles is shoved into this movie in places he shouldn't be. It's okay. very painfully obvious he's just shoved in there to say, oh yeah, he's in the movie. He's in more than just these couple scenes at the beginning of the movie. Because the thing is, in every scene that he's been shoved into where he's not the focus, yeah, he stands out like a sore thumb. Yeah. They go to the, uh, the deserted island. You can see him walking back there looking around. It's like, dude, why are you here? Did... I know that uh, uh, Winnie and Dennis did not bring you on the island because I see Dennis right there. Who are you walking with? Are you just following everybody to the shore? And how are you not going full dog in the middle of a deserted island? Yeah. You should need to use the restroom. Your name is Tinkles. You have yeah, a the- problem and you have been given a giant island to relieve yourself on. And it- you're just standing there. And they, they, and, 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 sorry, go ahead. Yeah. The, the idea, like you brought that up. I'm like, wait a minute. Like they could have pulled an entire Jurassic Park idea of they like, could have a, so, Tinkles just going amok on the island could have and done, had fun with it. They could have done so much more with Tinkles on the island. And they, all you see is he's walking forward with everybody else. It's like, I don't, I don't believe that. I don't believe that's what's going on here because it doesn't make any sense. And you see him in the background of some yeah. other scenes, just shoved in there to say, oh, look, there's Tinkles. Yeah. And really, after he almost finds uh, Van Helsing's uh, cabin, yeah, he's not really necessary for the movie at that point. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't really do anything. The only other thing he does is the Macarena with everybody else uh, at the end of it. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like, uh, don't get me wrong. I liked the short. Puppy yeah. is funny. Funny is, yeah, very funny. But the character, like so many other characters in this movie, is underutilized and not done much with. So, yeah, my third is Mr. Tinkles is not used properly and is sho- just shoved in the movie so you can say he's there. I got gotcha. you. It would so, have been funnier if they'd have just left him at the hotel and they get back and Mr. Tinkles has completely destroyed the hotel. That would have been funnier. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. But anyway, I think that brings us to the end of our review of Hotel Transylvania 3 Summer Vacation. What is yours? I'm giving it a five. All right. <laughs> Bear in mind, this is getting a bit of disappointment bias mm-hmm. because I have, to, I can't not, I cannot, com- can't, bleh. I can't not compare it to the first two movies, which were done so much better than this. It's hard not to. 
And I'm just so disappointed with how poor this, this particular one is. So it could have been better. It's just not. So I, I'm, I'm giving it a five. What are you giving it? I'm going to give it a five as well. Oh, heck, I'll give it a 4.5. <laughs> just so we're not the same. Just so we're not the same. And plus, this movie is such a disappointment in a lot of ways. That there again, like Drew said, it's, it's, it is a hard pull not to compare it to its uh, predecessors, which were done very well. This movie just drops the ball so many times. Uh, definitely with story. And just it feels like it's a patchwork of just skits mm-hmm. mashed together. With and not no, in a good way. Not in a good way. There's there's no there's there's no tension that is going to either you know bring about the end of the world or bring about the monsters in the world. And well, they try to bring that tension at the end, but it's just not there. No, it's not. I mean, like it's done. Very, the execution wise is done poorly. Mm-hmm. And the 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 climax of the film is just the most boring thing on the planet. Like there's nothing done. The the villains themselves don't really feel like villains, uh, mm-hmm. so your your heroes don't really get nothing to do. Really, it's like yeah, I'd be like, I like Mavis, I like the kids, uh, the the idea that the 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 wolf parents finally get away from you know the pups, mm-hmm. you know like those there are little gold nuggets throughout this movie that are are good to kind of watch, but overall just. Uh, as a collective whole, it's a boring movie. It's yeah. a boring movie. There's no, uh, there's no tension. There's no nothing to this film. And it's like, Oh, Drax finally, he's zinged again. And that, that kind of brings up a, like an idea in my head. Yeah. That would have been, if they actually had done more with that, that would have been a more interesting yeah, exactly. story. Be like if, if they would have made it more there, there's, there's like a, there's an overarching story and not this patchwork of things to make a story. It, it would have been a better story mm-hmm. and you, you could have with all those pratfalls, you could have done something with a good story, but there wasn't a good story here. Yeah. And it was disappointing to watch. If, if I were to sum up every, uh, pretty much all our thoughts on yeah. this, this is a movie that exists for the jokes instead of the jokes supporting a good story. Exactly. The story supports the jokes, not not the joke supporting the story, which exactly it should be that the joke support the story, especially for a story like this. Yes. Or for a franchise like this that has done that before. And it's disappointing when it's like, Oh, we're just having fun. We're just here to make the kitties laugh. Cause that makes us more mini. Exactly. Except it doesn't because now you're trying to course correct, I guess. And fire the people who did so good in the previous ones. And, Try to make something else. And like I, I don't know if that's what's happening with yeah. tra- Transform Mania, but it feels like that might be what it is. We, we, so, we will see, because I'm, I'm pretty sure we're going to do a reaction to this. Oh, very much so. So, so we may bring that up. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. Anyway, I think that is the end of the episode I at this point. I think so. Uh, I don't have anything interesting on that what yeah. is our next movie the, on the next list? the next movie we are doing is actually a disney film and it is a long forgotten disney film oh that would be the black cauldron Ooh, from the 1980s I have, I have not seen this one uh i picked it up i think i i bought it from um uh disney movie club because mm-hmm. they had it on they had it on sale. i think it was on dvd or blu-ray 
And uh, I know it's on Disney Plus. Yeah, it's so. on Disney Plus, so it's available there. Uh, this movie has had a dark history, and I'm looking forward to getting into this film. Uh, I only watched it only a couple of years ago. It's now available on Blu-ray, only only exclusive from the Disney Movie Club. Mm-hmm. So if you're there, you can pick it up there. I might pick it up uh, just because of that. But uh, yeah, I, I am looking extremely forward to doing the review of this film and how Katzenberg did a Katzenberg to this film. Thank you, Katzenberg. <laughs> so yeah, join us for that. Uh, on that note, I think that's all we've got so exactly this has been drew this is jacob and we'll catch you in the next frame blah 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 wait a minute he just said blah 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 no i do not say blah 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 blah. come jacob we must prepare for next week prepare for what drew same thing we do every week jacob record a podcast oh boy so where can they find you jacob you can find me on Facebook at Jacob B. Heron, also on Facebook at Jacob Daily Art Corner, where I try to draw each and every day. I don't get to it as often as I like, but uh, join me there. Also, you can find me on Instagram at Jacob B. Heron, on Twitter at Jacob Heron, and Letterbox at Jacob Heron. So where can they find you, Drew? You can also follow me on Letterbox at GGeorge759, Facebook as Drew Dodgen, uh, my Facebook page where you can see pictures I've taken at Drew's Photo Bin. You can also follow me on Twitter at GGeorge759. You can email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at cast underscore cell. You can follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash thecellcastgaming. You can also follow us on YouTube at Cellcast. Listen to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and your favorite podcast directory. You can also listen to us on the Movie of the Week podcast with Jim Heron, where we talk about live-action movies. And remember, Cell is a single single L. L.